Are adventure and relaxation on your mind? Jump in the car and head to Fauquier County, Virginia this weekend. Just a short drive from D.C. off I-66 and nestled in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Fauquier County has it all, including picturesque hiking trails, Rappahannock River access, plus over 25 wineries, breweries, and cideries. Visit the many unique shops and farm-to-table restaurants of Fauquier County's towns and villages, or take in the many historical attractions suitable for all ages. Check out visitfauquiercounty.com. That's visit, F-A-U-Q-U-I-E-R.com. Fauquier County. Find what you love. And welcome to the Steelers Depot live stream here on this Monday, April 17th. Our last Q&A live stream with Dave and myself before the 2023 NFL Draft kicks off on Thursday, April 27th. So it's coming up here Really quickly, uh, as always, Dave and I are here for the next hour to answer hopefully as many and hopefully uh, all the questions you guys have before uh, the draft gets started. Dave, how you doing? Doing okay on this Monday. Last live stream, we next next time we get together on a live stream, we'll be talking about a uh, 2023 Steelers draft class. So. I don't know about you. I'm about I'm, I'm <laughs> about ready. I'm about ready for this thing to get uh, get underway here and get on the other side of it. But uh, uh, glad uh, for those that could uh, make it and join us uh, here tonight. Yep, you and me both. I'm ready to put all the speculation to bed and get ready to the actual results. It does kind of feel like the draft silly season. Uh, is starting right now. So let me go ahead and pull up the stream. If you guys could like the stream, would really appreciate that. If you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, that'll bring more people here, make it a more fun environment overall. I will also be shamelessly plugging throughout today's stream that this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, I will do my second Walk the Mock live stream. I know I've gotten many questions about that. I don't know the exact format. It'll probably just be me against the the CPU. I don't think I'll be with uh, other people like last time, but you guys wanted to do one, especially because the uh, the actual one was done so early before for agency, and so uh, we'll figure something out. That'll be Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time for a Walk the Mock live stream. All right, to the questions here, starting with Raged EA 2 who says, Evening, Alex, this one's for you. But slightly off topic, how are we feeling about the Suns after yesterday? Game one jitters out of the way. I was not happy with the lineup and rotations at all. Myself, I'll make the answer short here. I was unhappy as well to lose game one with Kevin Durant. Clippers don't have Paul George. They just have Kawhi. Terrible rebounding. Very frustrating game one. Can this team bounce back? Sure. Still got confidence in Phoenix, but they better play a lot better, especially crashing the boards than they did in game one. Mike Gadesso says, happy birthday, Dave. Yeah, be sure to wish a happy birthday to Dave Bryan, whose birthday was yesterday, so uh, give him a shout-out in the chat. So Mike says, uh, and ha- happy anniversary to Steelers Depot, which is uh, tomorrow, I believe, right? So that'll be a, a big day for the site. Uh, Dave, do you have a draft crush? Usually it's more obvious who you're crushing on, Alex. Do you? Will there be any contextualizations this year? So who's your draft crush, if any, Dave? Yeah, I think any contextualizations that I do are going to come after the draft this year. Uh, you know, obviously had some things going on in my health that kept me tied up, you know, this off season and uh, just things with the site. We've up, you know, we've we've done upgrades to the site that's kept Alex and I busy behind the scenes with with certain things going on there. And you know, about as as far as the draft crush goes, you know, I was thinking about that the other night. You know, no, there's not really. 
uh, just nobody's really popping on in this class that really has me, you know, out of my mind. Now, I, 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 I will say that, you know, I've talked recently about uh, Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan, the tight end there. If this team winds up going a blocking tight end, I've, I've really enjoyed getting kind of deeper into his uh, tape and all like that. Uh, that that's pretty much the one I think that sticks out to me the most at, at, at this point. I mean, the edge class overall, uh, you know, no sense to watch a lot of Will Anderson to, <laughs> to you know, tape. Uh, I, I don't think when it comes to that and, you know, I've spent a lot of these last, last couple of days, you know, diving back deeper into Lucas Van Ness, who we talked about on the podcast and uh, most recently Keon White over the weekend. And I mean, I, I like uh, Felix and, and, and Aduke, uh Uzama. You know, mm. I, I, I liked, I got into his stuff, not, uh, not too soon after or, or while the uh, shrine bowl was going on and all like that. And I enjoyed that. A few of the wide receivers have my attention, but yeah, there's really not anybody in this class that I'm, that I'm crushing hard on uh, overall, which, which is you know a little bit different for me, I think Alex. Yeah. I don't know if there's that one guy that I've had in years past, just a couple off the top. I mean, an obvious one, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. I've talked about quite a bit. He won't become a Steeler barring some sort of trade up. I know he was in for a visit, but that seems to be a pipe dream. Keanu Benton from Wisconsin is a guy that I talked about very early in the draft process overall. And for myself, uh, Josh Downs, the receiver, North Carolina. Darius Rush, the corner uh, from South Carolina. Um, and then I, I just like good stories. You know, guys like uh, Corey Trice from Purdue, uh, Garrett Kokab from Small Carroll College in Montana. Just stuff like that. You you appreciate Derek Hall. Speaking of a, a guy on screen right now in Jonathan Hightrader's latest mock draft, big Derek Hall fan, uh, the edge from Auburn. So maybe not that one guy, but some of those names are probably guys I like more than most people. All right, next question comes from Mark Miller. I have the winning mock draft for the Steelers Depot Draft Predictions Contest. Are you having one this year? Haven't heard anything mentioned yet. Dave, what's going on with that? Yeah, we'll put that together. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just a matter of uh, getting the forums together and, you know, kind of uh, – changing the you know changing what you know the dates from the last one yeah no, it's going to be the same format we'll put those up i'm sure i'll have to look back and see when we normally get those posts up i think a, a good three or four days before the draft right and that normally when we get those rolling out yep somewhere around there so there'll be a post for it be sure to look out uh, for it i'm sure we'll have that for you guys but that's usually a right before the draft kind of thing and not you know 10 days type out but it's coming mark and we hope you win uh, we'll We'll see what your mock, uh, mock uh, looks like there, Mark. Matt Bell, in your opinion, what has been the best and worst Steelers draft class of the last 10 years? That's a good question. I don't have the whole list in front of me. I think 2017 among the best with TJ Watt and Juju Smith-Schuster, Cam Sutton, James Conner as a top four. It's hard to beat that overall. You have a you know future Hall of Famer and TJ Watt and some really solid players and Sutton and Juju, you know, certainly solid starting caliber guys. And James Conner was excellent whenever he was healthy. The health, unfortunately, was just fleeting. In terms of the worst, that's a good question. Um, the Artie Burns class, maybe, a Burns and Davis at the top. Probably not 
tremendous. I'm right. trying to think though. You, I mean, you, you did have Har- You had Hargrave in that class. You know, True. you got a couple. You know, obviously a couple good years about him, uh, but unfortunately you weren't you weren't able to retain. You know, if you're gonna miss on your you know on your top couple of picks in that class, uh, uh, I mean, look, you, you you want at least one of those guys to come out of the class that you end up re-signing, right? And mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, you look at it overall and a lot of those guys, you know, obviously washed out quick and you weren't able to, to retain Javon Hargrave, unfortunately. And then, I mean, look, you go back, uh, I guess what, 2000. Oh, wow. Uh, you have to roll on back here a little bit here. I mean, just a few years ago with, uh, with, uh, I mean, obviously you got a lot of games out of Terrell Edmonds and you still have Chiquamo Corfor starting for this team, obviously as a tackle there. But, you know, outside of that, you know, you know James Washington came and went, you know, obviously didn't get anything out of, out of out of Mason Rudolph and Marcus Allen was a special teamer and Jalen Samuels saw a cup of coffee in that game against the Patriots and that was about it. And I don't think, how, how long did Joshua Frazier, Frazier hold on from that class? You know? Didn't even make the team out of the summer, not even right. practice squad. So yeah, that's probably it. Can you, can you just quickly rattle off if you have in front of you the 16 class with Burns and Davis and Hargrave, what, what came after them? Uh, let's see. Burns, Davis, Hargrave, Gerald Hawkins, Travis Feeney, uh, Demarcus Ayers, and Tyler Matikavich. I mean, you got some yeah. special teams burn out of uh, Tyler Matikavich, right? You know, but you, you you hate you hate to be here talking about hanging your hat on that. You know, uh, once again, you know, Javon Hargrave gave you some. Uh, would we look at that class a little bit different had they? been able to re-up Hargrave and you know obviously you had the thing you never you didn't know ahead of ahead of ahead of time that the uh the things were going to go the way they did with Stefan to it but uh mm-hmm. you know had, had had you had you known ahead of time obviously it would have made the decision a lot easier there but you'd probably look at it a little bit different uh overall had you been able to re-up Hargrave for for those great years that he ended mm-hmm. up having over there in 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 in, in Philadelphia yeah, that's a good point. I probably would say that's tough. I, 16, probably just a bit better than 18 because, you know, you, you definitely got like a real gem in Hargrave and Medikevich was a top core special teamer. But let me ask the chat, what was the worst class? 2016 with Burns, Davis, etc. Or 2018, can you just quickly rattle off the 18 class that started with that surprise pick of Edmonds in round one? Yeah, went Edmonds, James Washington, Mason Rudolph, uh, Chiquamo Corfor, Marcus Allen, Jalen Samuels, and Joshua Frazier. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. They're pretty close. Uh, just because, I mean, Corfor has been starting and he's been retained. And there's something that Hargrave, you know, Hargrave was the better player, but he wasn't kept around as long. So how do you weigh all those things? Edmonds you know, gave you a thousand snaps a season. Want to see your guys' view 16 versus 18. And we'll kind of check back in here after the uh, the next question. Uh, coming from uh, just a comment to start with and, and a question as well. Jason Counselor saying, Howdy, Dave and Alex. Happy belated birthday to you, Uncle Dave. Thankful for all your hard work and blessing us with the creation of Steelers Depot. If there is any receiver you had to guarantee would be a Steeler after next week's draft, who would it be? So uh, if, if Jason is asking this from a who I think they will take standpoint, then I have one answer from my a personal standpoint. My answer might be a bit different, but if you had, we're, we're pretty confident this team's going to draft a receiver at some point, correct, Dave? Right, and I think we've said that for 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 the better part of the offseason here. I don't know. Jonathan Mingo looks real attractive uh, yeah. with 
uh, out of out of Ole Miss there with what he can potentially uh, give you, uh, you know, out out of the slot and the after the catch. And they certainly seem there certainly seems to be some, uh, you know, more than average interest in him. So I guess from where I sit right now, I would if push comes to shove to name one guy, I, I would probably name Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. And his name may or may not be in one of our future look-for studies. That'll be a little bit later this week on Jonathan Mingo. If you made me choose, I'm going to say, and this might tip my hand a bit to the last mock draft. Well, nothing Jaden Reed. Fun. All right, Jaden Reed. All right. <laughs> Read my mind, Dave. Yeah, it is Jaden <laughs> Reed. Um, just for the slot, you know, play, versatility, physical, kind of gives you that blend between. Not that big slot that may not work as well in terms of some of the receiver run game that Canada wants to run, but it's not Calvin Austin that it's the same body type and wins in a different way. So I'll say Jaden Reed obviously brought in for a pre-draft visit as well. And you'll say Jonathan Mingo, I think both have good odds of becoming a Steeler. Mm-hmm, I would agree. See what the comments say. A bit of a mixture between 18 and 16. Looks like probably more people saying 18 was worse than, than 2016. So that's the, uh, the snap. I still don't see how to do polls with the, um, someone's going to have to help my boomer self figure this out. I'm looking at my phone here. I don't see an option to do any sort of poll, but uh, that'll be probably necessary for my Walk the Mock live stream on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, my next edition of the Walk the Mock live stream, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Hopefully, you guys can join me. Next question comes from Bruce Myers, who says, Has the city of Pittsburgh made a request to the NFL for hosting the draft? I would love to go see it in person. Art Rooney's talked about that over the years, including this past earlier in the offseason. He's referenced a desire to do it. I don't know if this team has put in a formal a formal request or not, but Art Rooney, as any owner you would expect, would be interested in the idea. I imagine at some point it will happen, um, but I know that there's a desire for that to occur in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and you would think, you know, we're, you know, within the next five years, you'd have to like the chances of it, I would think. Yeah, I know they're how far out are they already spoken for? I think next yeah, two years might be uh, spoken for after that. I think it's, you know, anyone's game. I don't know exactly the process to bid and, and how that looks and works. I, I imagine it'll happen at some point. If it, if Cleveland got one, then Pittsburgh certainly should get one. But uh, I just couldn't tell you when. But probably within the next decade, I would say. Zachary Prosba, which school is most likely to get double dip? Penn State. Penn State with Porter and Strange, Wisconsin, Benton and Herbig, or Kansas State, Brents and Anaduke Uzama. Thanks, gents. I mean, it's always that's always hard to, to predict. I'll say Wisconsin. Uh, those, yeah, those three, I'd probably say Wisconsin. Yeah, and just because the D-line help, and I know that you know, Benton played more nose, but he's got the length and size to play out, and he did that earlier in his Badgers career in Herbig. Herbig just feels like a stealer. I know after after Tanner Muse, it might um, you know be a little redundant, but I think just Herbig is a Steelers type of guy. Man, I am really you know not necessarily a crush, but a more of uh, what's going to happen to him uh, is where I'm at on him. You know, uh, I, I mean I've seen him ranked as high as third, fourth round, and seen. You know, we've had that long discussion about uh, at, at, when he was at his pro day and talking about he's he's pretty sure he's going to have to move off the ball at the next level. But I mean, you look at his sack reel and it it, it, it it's very attractive as an edge guy. Uh, is this going to be one of those? We don't care where he fits. We'll we'll find out. We just like the kid a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, type like you know, I, I, you know, almost like a uh, Connor Hayward last year. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
just, you know, we really like the kid, got the bloodlines. We'll figure out what to do with him uh, after we get him, you know, uh, uh, give him an opportunity maybe to see what he can do do at edge. And then if, 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 if that doesn't work out, then you start making a transition maybe to see what he can do off the ball. But in the meantime, you can use him as a special teamer and all like that. I'm, I'm really, really curious to see – not only where he goes, but what round he goes and, and, and how he in, ends up being used at the NFL level. Yeah, and he may ultimately be just become an awesome special teams player, but there's value in that on day three. Um, it's not the worst thing if that's all your day three pick becomes because a lot of those guys wash out completely. So something to keep an eye on. Ronald Hall, guys, what positions are we drafting with the first five picks? I'm seeing D-line, inside linebacker, consistently left off on mock drafts, and Dave mentioned we might not take offensive tackle. So, you know, it's always hard to predict because the draft is fluid and unexpected, but corner, something along the O-line from there in terms of specifying it is uh, more challenging. Wide receiver, uh, I still say defensive line. And then hey, you know, here, here's the thing else. I was thinking about defensive mm-hmm. line just a little, a little earlier today. I know we've kind of, uh, wrote, uh, I think Jonathan Heitra wrote about it uh, not too long ago after, you know, Watts and, and Fajoko was signed and all like that. Man, you keep going back to the Larry Ogan Joby re-signing, mm-hmm. you know, and not only the actual re-signing of him, but the length of the contract and the amount of guaranteed money. I mean, he's going to make what twelve million dollars in his in his pocket, I think, uh, this year between base salary and 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 signing bonus. I mean, that's that's not that's not that's not just nickels and dimes there, you sure. know. So you've got a lot invested in him. Obviously, you still got Cameron Hayward. Uh, you just went out, you know. It's going to be interesting to see, as we've talked several times, what is the plan with DeMarvin Leal, you know? Is he going to be more of that sub-package rush guy for you here? And then you throw on top of uh, what I'm getting at here is the Ogan Joby re-signing really makes this thing kind of tough to gauge when it comes to defensive linemen, uh, especially with the Steelers and in, 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 in early in the draft here. And then, you know, you, you, you throw on top of that, what, what just happened here with Fajoko signing and, and uh, the arm on Watts. And obviously both those guys are cheaper guys. You know, it's, it, you don't, you're not forced because you signed them to carry them on to 53, mm-hmm. but you mix all that stuff together with the with the main principle being the Ogan Joby contract, and then you look at this draft class. I mean, is there the uh, is there the one perfect specimen? You know, sure. <laughs> when it comes to what the Steelers and and obviously we'll learn more about kind of the switch over and if if what they look for holds true in this thing and all like that. But is there one? You look at the arm length and all, all, all the stuff that, that, that we normally look at. Is there one perfect specimen in this class? You know, especially near, you know, in the top two or three rounds. There really isn't in terms of that perfect guy because so few of those guys exist naturally in any draft class. I, I point taken on that, and, and certainly you can't ignore the heavy investment, like it or not, in Larry Ogunjobi. And of course, Cam, Cam Hayward's still, you know, a, a, an incredible player. But why has this team shown interest in virtually every top defense alignment in this class, from Brzee to Massey Smith, Keanu Benton, Javon Dexter? You know, list goes on and on in terms of names. If they had, if they were that comfortable, why show interest in all these guys? 
yeah, and look, I, I still think there's a possibility that they add one of those guys, but I, I, I'm 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 focusing more on maybe the first first couple of rounds here. Okay. You know? There. Uh where where it really becomes whereas, you know, before Ogan Joby was resigned, you know, you're thinking oh, there's probably a pretty good chance that this team goes er- real early. In fact, first round defensive line, you know. Mm-hmm. And then obviously over overnight you have the article from or the the uh, report from or I don't know if you'd really call it a report but uh, uh, just kind of the, the, the rumor, thing that Pe- yeah, yeah the, the the thing that Peter King put out there with with with, with Jalen Carter and you know potentially trading up for him and all like that uh, it's it's really gotten got me quite and look I I'm I'm the same guy too that before, you know early in the off season I thought you know Brian Brzee is a guy that the Steelers are really really probably going to like and right. I don't doubt that I sure. mean. Heck, he was one of their pre-draft visitors that they brought in today, even, you know. Uh, but you know, there are some some question enough questions in in his game that make you really question should he be the pick at 17? And if he's not the pick at 17, will he even last till 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 32, you know? It's a good question. It's hard to say for sure. There's a chance. Um, and then this team bringing in Broderick Jones and I've kicked around, you know, could Jones fall to 17? If Skaronsky goes, even if he's going to be a guard and Paris Johnson's gone, the quarterbacks push a, a Broderick Jones down, you know, that's not impossible. So I, I'm still really wrestling very much so with that pick at 17. Um, and then edge, you know, because we kind of penciled in Bud Dupree being a Steeler and now he's a Falcon. And what do you have behind TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith right now? Not a whole lot. And so edge kind of Reemerges in that conversation a team needs. I mean, if you drafted a defensive lineman in the first two rounds, you would think that you're going to find a way to, to get him on the field for some snaps as rookie season. Oh yeah, day one, day two picks across the board. They got to play. They got to play sooner than later. But I mean, Ogunjobi, his body, I didn't really trust it last year. And, and Hayward's, you know, about to be 34, and you want a good rotation there. Philadelphia was built off of their great deep defensive line and. Maybe some of that Andy Weidel principle will come over to Pittsburgh. So something to watch, that's for sure. Did uh, Dexter mm-hmm. never? We, uh, Dexter said he was coming in, Javon Dexter, but we don't actually have him as as officially being in yet, right? Correct. He's one of Pittsburgh's over the cap right now in terms of their pre-draft <laughs> visits. There's 32 of 30, meaning that one of the five reported schedule guys or two of the five reported schedule guys apparently did not come in, and that's Clayton Toon, the quarterback from Houston. Day one Jones, the offensive tackle from Ohio State, uh, Jervon Dexter, the defensive lineman from Florida, Emmanuel Forbes, the corner from Mississippi State, and Keely Ringo, the corner from Georgia. Um, based on the actual confirmations, we're now at 30 confirmations, excluding local guys, which means something. I, I, I think I, I have to do the whole math of it all. Maybe 27 we, of the 30 that we know in terms of confirmed. So something's not quite adding up is the point. Maybe Jervon Dexter will be in a group tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see if more come in, and Wednesday's the deadline, and we had, I think, a conversation about day one Jones. Maybe they canceled that after the pro day, you know, weigh-in, maybe some frustration there. We'll maybe get some clarification uh, by Wednesday. Again, if you guys could hit the like button, would really appreciate that. Get the uh, most number of Steeler fans in the chat for this last one before the draft. Cavalier Fromage says, who do you think the Steelers will target with their seventh rounders, their pair of seventh round picks? I wish I knew particular names, you know, day three, end of the draft like that is such a, a crapshoot. You know, I thought it was for a while, late round edge, that was kind of a thing that Philadelphia did quite a bit, kind of a dart throw there. They take an edge earlier now, maybe that lessens that possibility. Quarterback I've thought about as well. So those are kind of the positions, but it's really just depending on board. 
depending on maybe what you filled in and just usually what talent is left and a little bit of can we maybe get this guy undrafted or not in that conversation. So I still would not be shocked about a quarterback in the seventh round, but in terms of particular names, it's it's kind of a big guess. With this being such a deep uh, tight end class, you know, what, what about the possibility of a, of, of a tight end? You know, any uh, names or just one, the same position? Well, I mean, uh, you look at the uh, uh, Koontz kid, I think best matches up. You know, yeah, I think he's going to go earlier than seventh round just on the traits, okay. you know, I, right. my, I mean, but this is a deep class. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It's a very deep class. I would say Noah Gindorf, North Dakota State, my big blocker type. Um, who's like that true out-of-the-box ready blocker. He just got the ankle issue uh, that's uh, plagued him the last two years, and so he's got to be cleared medically. But you want a big-body blocker to, to challenge Zach Gentry. You want Noah Gindorf. Okay. Uh, let's see. Mike Adesso wants to give a shout-out to Joe Tipman from Wisconsin, the big athletic center. That's It's a guy we've not talked about that much right. in terms of the interior class because they've shown interest in the other guys, but... Whatever it's worth, I really respect Tony Pauline. I know it's draft season. I know that you know no one's batting a thousand when it comes to draft rumors, but I really trust Tony Pauline. He is convinced this team is going to take a center pretty early, 32, 49, something in there, trade down from 17 and do it. You know, We'll see when the dust settles, but he is convinced that this team's going to take a center, and he's mentioned Tittman a couple of times. Mm. John Pennington, hello, Dave and Alex. What do you guys think of left tackle Anton Harrison at 17 if the other tackles are gone and the team not having to move up and give up draft capital? You know, I brought in for a visit. Um, he's not going to check that that historical box in terms of Tomlin Khan being at the pro day, but you've seen more of those guys come in for visits, visits this year, earlier round guys, potential day one guys, 21 years old, a good pass protector. Um, you know, I think going to grow in this game overall. So not a name we've talked about much, but you, if you're wanting, if you're wanting a left tackle, then then Harrison might be that guy. Seventeen feels rich for him, though. Yeah, but you know, does he get the thirty-two? Is the question tackles the the value, the demand that they're in? I think it was a pretty good drop off in this class. It feels rich, but if he's your guy, then he's your guy. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Had a, a comment earlier that I might have skipped over. If I can find it here. Quickly, uh, I know there's been a couple of shout-outs from the Dick LeBeau interview that we did that posted last Friday. Here's a comment from Ryan McKee. Great Friday podcast last week, fellas. What a pleasure to be able to talk with Dick LeBeau. Uh, he sounded so down-to-earth. Yins deserve it. Thank you, Ryan. And yeah, be sure to check out that interview if you've not done so already. On uh, Friday's episode of the podcast with Coach LeBeau, it was a, a real treat for, for Dave and myself. Absolutely, and still got a lot of questions here to ask him. Should we be able to get him on again? Hope you know the, the Scott Brown, who uh, we added. Obviously, a lot of people should be familiar with Scott Brown uh, and his work uh, from years ago. Co- covered the Steelers beat for for ESPN and did a fine job. Always had a lot of great respect for Scott Brown uh, over the years, and we're glad we got uh, to 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 a position where we could bring him on full time as an editor. He's coming up with great ideas. In fact, if you look at the site right now, I think top of the hour, uh, we're going to be doing some kind of, uh, what would you call those kind of, uh, round table discussions. Yeah, yeah. Round table discussions that Scott comes up with questions and, you know, four or five of us will answer in a post, I think running between now and the draft here. And I think the first one of that went up today, but, uh, Scott's, uh, doing, uh, the book on uh, Dick LeBeau, which I think is going to be mostly centered around the 2008 defense, and I don't think that thing will be ready until the summer of 2024. So hopefully before now and then, 
we'll have another opportunity to uh, to have uh, the great Dick LeBeau back on and get through more of these questions with him. Yeah, would love to spend another half hour, even longer, but we'll we'll limit ourselves to another half hour, maybe with uh, with Coach LeBeau uh, sometime closer to when that book releases. Got a five dollar super chat from Captain Spartan 04, so thank you for that. Says important question before you do walk the mock have you found out how to do polls or not i mentioned it earlier i have not i have no idea in my very boomer so i'm looking at my live chat right now is it in the live chat function you would think it would be but i don't see it there i see a settings button which is just a chat filter moderation thing there's a, 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 a an edit button that i can cut clips which is certainly not the right thing and the x button so i don't know if i'm in the wrong window or something i may end up resorting to tweeting out polls and you guys answer the polls there. Uh, and, and so that might be my workaround if I can't figure uh, all this stuff out. So that's the update. All right, back to the questions here. And Steel Pastor also said, Dave, and I, excuse me, Dave and Alex, you guys crushed it with the Coach uh, LeBeau interview. So thank you for that. Mikey says, which inside linebacker, Jack or Trenton, do you see the Steelers taking if they were two? And what do you think the first three picks look like? I don't want to play spoilers for the uh, the first three picks there. Um, but again, mentioning some of the positions, corner, uh, defensive line, something along the O-line. Those are certainly things you can uh, you know, feel relatively confident about, nothing guaranteed. In terms of Jack Campbell, Trenton Simpson, I'll say Jack Campbell over Simpson. But you know, I don't think they're going to take either guy. Yeah, I, if they did take either one, I, I, I would think it would be Campbell. But I'm, I'm with you at this point. I kind of wonder if they'll take an off-the-ball linebacker at all. If they did, it, it would might be a, a, a kind of guy that, that's classified as an edge in, in Herbig and go from there, you know, right. see, yeah. see where, where he works out at. Seems more Or, or, or the Tulane the, uh, uh, two lane kid, too, because Curry was uh, there. Yeah, Dorian Williams, who we're looking to be third, fourth round on the inside linebacker position. Have the article up right now, and it mentioned this earlier about Jalen Carter, the rumors about Pittsburgh trading up. Is that true? Who the heck knows? I tend to think it's not going to happen. It's probably the easy answer to give. Let me just ask you guys in the chat, would you want to see Pittsburgh trade up for Jalen Carter at, let's say, number nine, giving up a, a second-round pick? We'll call it 49 overall. Let me know in the chat. Do you Would you guys support Carter being the move-up for at number nine, yes or no, just let us know, and we'll we'll take uh, the temperature of the, the answers there. Uh, Brian Tallini, which player falling scenario would you most like? Jackson Smith and Jigba at 17, Brian Brzee at 32, Daywan Jones at 49, Tyreek Stevenson at 80, Jamie Robinson at 120. I kind of, at, at first blush, I tend to say Tyreek Stevenson at 80. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I tell you, in in Jigba sure would be tempting. <laughs> that's that's what jumped off when you started running off through through all those. Okay. Yeah, I just I like his game. Gonna likely be the first receiver off the board. You know, it, not that I'm knocking slot receivers, but in a run heavy offense for a slot receiver who might catch 45, 50 balls in year one, year two. I just don't know if that's maximizing your value in terms of the positional and the overall production. Uh, let's see what else we have here. A happy birthday, Dave, from our friend Mutated Gino. And John Pennington also saying happy birthday, Dave, and happy anniversary, Steelers Depot. Jonathan Mason's thinking Brzee at 17. Says great draft coverage as usual. Yeah, I got a ton of profiles up, uh, more already today. You're going to have a kicker profile soon. I'm working on a kicker profile, so that's, uh, that's right. exciting. That's something to do. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Grant Humphrey. 
says, fellas, I tweeted this take towards Alex, but is it possible the recent buzz on the Steelers trading up for Parrish Johnson is because they're not happy about day one Jones pro day antics? Maybe to a degree, but, you know, it could be more of a left tackle, right tackle thing where right tackles to me are just as valuable as left tackles. But just in terms of if they want to keep a core four at right tackle, not try to shift him over after several years at right tackle and kind of the bit of the messiness that comes along with that and just Johnson being the better player. Um, right. That may be some of the allure there. Um, I, 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 do you feel like day one Jones has kind of fallen off the radar in terms of the likelihood of Pittsburgh taking him? Man, I, I said that right at his pro day, right? You right. Know, uh, the, 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 the podcast right after that kind of wondering, I wonder how all this is sitting, you know, and, and not just that, but going all the way back to the senior ball and really the whole, the whole, and look, he, you know, I, you guys were at the uh, senior bowl practice. I wasn't that first day. He supposedly crushed it, but we, uh, we, we didn't see him after that, you know, mm-hmm. and then you fast forward to uh, obviously, you know, the, 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 the pro day and things like that. And, you know, supposedly not signing the, the, the waiver form and uh, obviously not weighing, not weighing in and not going through drills. I, I, I wonder how many teams he upset throughout this process. And if the Steelers were one of those that kind of got turned off by that. Yeah, wouldn't be surprising. And it's again, it's not just the one thing, it's the combination of things. But if you do pick out one thing, him just choosing to not even get on a scale at his pro day, to me, when you got some weight concerns, when obviously that's going to be a, a point of kind of contention and interest to not get on a scale, that's kind of, you know, what are you hiding is kind of my, my thought there with Daywan Jones. Uh, looking at the responses to uh, do you want Jalen Carter, a lot of no's, pretty resounding across the board in terms of people not wanting to see this team trade up for Jalen Carter. All right, back up to the questions here. Uh, Jonathan, we'll, I don't want to talk too much about who we think will be the guy at 17. We'll save that for our uh, mock drafts overall. Uh, Brian says, if Peter Skaronsky is available at 17, do you think we take him? And despite our history with tackles his size, I don't. Uh, I know that Pat Meyer was at that pro day. I think Pittsburgh A would view him as a guard or maybe even a center, not a tackle. Um, and I just think they've looked at looked at other guys uh, more so. So I would say probably no on Skaronsky. Yeah, I would say the same thing. A.B. Deontay Banks, that's the corner for Maryland, says, worthy of pick 17, his agility and ability to mirror at his size is really impressive. That's a really good question. I, I did the report on Banks. I mean, there's certainly a lot to like about his game. Um, he's pretty young, pretty you know, hasn't played a ton of football, and so he's going to get better. I just worry about some of the, the maybe the, the stiffness and tightness in terms of covering some of the in-breaking stuff. I think matching things vertically, he's borderline elite at, and obviously the, me- the measurables and... RES score and all those things are off the charts at 17. What do you think, Dave? As like kind of him and him and Har. I, I don't think you can rule it out. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Is he worthy uh, though? Do you think he's worth the pick at 17? I, I, I could, I could see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely see it. It's just, yeah, you know, as Jonathan has in his mock banks at 17, that's kind of picked up steam. Do I love that at 17? I don't know if there's one thing I love at 17, any player, to be honest right. with you. Uh, and, and, you know, that goes back to, you know, me, me being asked about, you know, I, I'm, it, it's hard to, f- most of the guys that, that I see at 17, I say, man, I wonder if, if that guy could be had at 32, <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, I, my, I, I have a feeling, and we'll see, but my feeling is, and we always kind of tend to, tend to talk ourselves into this over time, at least for me, but I think whoever they take at 17, I'll sit there and say and go, yeah, I get that. That's all right. I'm good with that. Like, not like, oh my God, this is incredible. They got the perfect guy, unless like, you know, Paris Johnson or Christian Gonzalez or something like that would occur. I don't think I'm going to hate whoever they take at 17. Um, I think I'll just have that feeling of, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it fills a need and it's a good player. Like, I, that, I have a feeling that's going to be my my takeaway from whoever they take at 17. And it'll probably be my thoughts to Deontay Banks as well. Yeah. I, I and I feel the same way, and I think it's going to come from that list that you carved out this morning. You know, yeah, the uh, the list of ten to me, kind of the the finalists based on history. Banks not technically on that list because there'd be a little bit of a change in terms of how they draft things, but um, we shall see. Snipe and Selly uh, says, "Hey Alex, I just want you to know I still want Jordan Addison with a passion. Reignite the reunion, and so he's still in the Addison camp." Yeah, is he a guy that's going to be there at thirty two? It's a good question. I say that a lot during this draft process, probably. Um, wouldn't shock me. I, I I was always a bit lower on Addison than other people where I put a second-round grade on him, and I think he could tumble into day two. Let's see what else we have here. Infinity says uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton with an exclamation point. Two of them, actually. Uh, Matt Boat right? love the podcast. Never miss an episode. A national treasure. So thank you, Matt, for the kind comments. Yeah, that Bryce Ford Wheaton's an interesting uh, guy. You know, looked at him uh, uh, coming out of the uh, Shrine Bowl as well, too. And, you know, has a lot of contested catches in, uh, in his tape. Uh, probably mostly in, in X, but 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 didn't move around. But for, for those that get really upset about the drops, he had some ugly ones, you know, as as well, too. So that's, uh, that's probably going to be part of his profile. Uh, moving forward in this, you know, as well. But, uh, I mean, the Steelers obviously probably got to watch quite a bit of them, you know, with the proximity and all like that. And, you know, they brought him in. And uh, I think they had, you know, I think the reports coming out of Shrine Bowls, you know, he obviously talked to him there and, and that kind of stuff there. So uh, probably a guy that wouldn't be overly shocked, I guess, if he if he was a Steeler. But I, I think would, would wind up be a, being a very polarizing uh, player for those that have watched a lot of Pitt or, you know, Pitt versus WVU mm-hmm. or, or WVU ball in general. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Certainly the height, weight, speed, kind of built in the lab kind of guy, but can he separate? Can he be consistent? Play to those those times, the, that testing. That's the concern with Bryce Ford Wheaton. Mark uh, says, I 100% believe the plan is to trade down to 32, barring a must-have player falling. Mentions teams like the Raiders, the Saints, the Seahawks as teams to to trade with. Are any of these teams uh, ones they will work with? I mean, they could. There's probably nothing that says that they can't do that. Um, I mean, it just depends on the offers. It depends on what they're being accepted or being uh, given as opposed to will they work with this team. They'll work with any team that offers them a good deal. I'm still silently hoping, and normally I don't. I don't do this annually because you know trade up, trade downs. You know, impossible to kind of kind of gauge, and especially when it comes to first round. But uh, and this kind of goes back to me kind of be. I don't, I don't want to say disenchanted, but just not not blown away by by this draft class overall. I'm hoping they trade down from 17. Okay. Yeah. I would to to just. Because you, there's no one at 17 that you love, or you just feel like this team has more needs, or like what's the driving reason behind I mean, they, that? I think they could definitely. Uh, I, I I think it's multiple things. I think you know, uh, 
getting a good enough offer, you know, maybe you pick up along with that, you know, maybe a, I don't know, a third or a fourth and, and even a fifth or a sixth as part of that. Cause they could certainly use more than seven draft picks in this class uh, overall, I think. Yeah, it's a good point. I guess I'm going to modify the old kind of phrase of trade down, sell, but who's buying? Like who's coming up for the 17? Sure. Is, is always the, the two to tango discussion. Is a top tackle going to be there? Is it going to be a corner that somebody wants? The quarterbacks you would expect will be gone by then. You know, could somebody, and I've had this idea a little bit. I know it's impossible to project and it feels a bit earlier than what people think, but the draft is unpredictable. Somebody wants Hedden Hooker from the quarterback from sure. Tennessee at seventeen. That would probably that'd probably be the most logical thing. Someone to come get get uh, uh, get one of those quarterbacks. Yeah, you know? I, I know that most people view Hooker kind of all over the map, but like late round one. But I mean, who the heck knows? Um, or if if he were to be there at thirty two, somebody trades up. I could definitely see that. Although I do think somebody would try to go in the late first round to get him to get that fifth year option. I think that becomes important for the quarterback position to be able to retain him as long as you possibly can. Um, but that's another thought I've had as well. If Hendon Hooker were to fall out of the first round, be there at 32, I could definitely see Pittsburgh trading with somebody as they go up five, seven spots to get their quarterback. Do you find yourself, Alex, being kind of as not as enthralled about this class overall? I don't think it has the top heaviness of, of other classes. I think in a lot of positions, quarterback, obviously it looks like it's going to be pretty strong at um, who, how their careers will turn out. We'll, we'll see. But I think, I think 17 is a very awkward spot for Pittsburgh to be in right now. Yeah. I'm going to be interested to see what that walk the mock of yours <laughs> does. Cause you got kind of in a precarious position. Yep. If, if, if memory serves me on that uh, one, you did several weeks ago and you know, not too terribly much. I don't think overall has changed since then you know, kind of globally in, 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 in this thing here, you yeah. know, I took uh Jordan Addison in that first one. I don't think I'll take him this time, but we'll see what happens Wednesday at 7 PM Eastern time. My, uh, walk the mock live stream. Um, I may do, I probably do all seven rounds. I'll have to kick, kick around ideas in terms of how I can, uh, maybe try to make it as fun as possible. If it is just me and the CPU, but we'll figure it out again. It's, uh, Wednesday, 7 PM Eastern time. All right, 20 minutes left here to get your questions in. Last last chance, last call here for Dave and myself before the draft begins. Uh, Mike Adesso, thoughts on Deuce Vaughn? Has, he's a really fun day three guy, Sproles clone. Yeah, he's uh, you know he's short but not small. He's got some bulk. Um, Kansas State guys in those noble commercials. So, you know, just the size outlier. The testing I don't think was overwhelmingly good, I don't believe. Um but not somebody in Pittsburgh's wheelhouse, I imagine. No, I, I wouldn't think, and I, I've only just watched, you know, maybe, you know, three minute highlight on him because I haven't been paying too much attention to the running backs this time around for obvious reasons. Yeah, uh, Jacob Harrison has a profile on him if you want to see it on the site. Although, Mike, I imagine you probably already have. Alex says, if the Steelers draft Van Ness or another D end early, do you think it's a sign that a Highsmith extension might not happen? That's a Great question, fellow Alex. Man, for one, we had that long discussion just, uh, I think it was Friday, about Van Ness and all. And I just wonder where the fit is with him, you know. Uh, overall, you know, played, what did I say, 900 snaps, I think, the last two years in total. And he moved around. Most of his snaps, I think, was, was over the B gap there. And, you know, if you could promise, you better have a damn good plan with him overall. Uh, and if that plan is on the edge, there's a lot of projection. It feels like it's got to go into that a lot of it. And I, I just think that 
regardless of what happens in the draft, that you have to make it a priority. I, I don't think it would impact any plans that you might have with Highsmith. Yeah, but what what would be the plan? Let's say you still want to get a, uh, an extension done with Highsmith and you draft somebody to play on the edge. I mean, right, you just find a way to rotate those guys in, you know? Yeah, but uh, eventually your first round picks, he's got to play like starter snaps. You're not drafting right? him to be a rotational guy. I just, I, I guess I would be shocked if they draft an edge that early for one. I mean, if, if they do, then let's have the discussion, mm-hmm. I guess. But once again, who, who would be the guy? It's just, it's, it's very hard to, to picture Van Ness, the way he was used in college and, and looking at his tape, it's, it's, it's just so hard to look at that, you know, being a fit for the Steelers, especially as an edge, you know, based on, I mean, you better have a damn good plan with him. Uh, if, if that's the case, you know, because once again, most of his snaps was over, over to B gap. Yeah, it's fair. I'm trying to embrace the question, but I'm kind of with you. My first thought was, let's cross that bridge if and when we come to it, because I don't know if we will or not. But uh, it's an interesting question there. Uh, Ross Swisher, why haven't we talked about the defensive tackle going first round? We legit have uh, no good one, and Larry is really a defensive end. Question is who? I mean, if you want to go D-tackle, you know, Jalen Carter, trade up for him. That's one discussion. If you're staying at 17, you know, in terms of, like, nose tackle, because he says you want a Hampton type, you know, Mazzy Smith, you take it 17, that might feel a bit early overall in terms of can you play this guy on all three downs. But if it, if it's not Carter, then, you know, Brzee at, at 17, there really isn't a name there that, that qualifies well. To me, it feels like if they go, and, and assuming they don't trade up for Carter or whatnot, uh, to me, if they were to take a defensive line lineman in, in, in at 17 overall, it, it feels like it's Brian Brzee. Yeah, I think it would be. And he's not the plugger, nose tackle type. Right. So, uh, and, and and I understand they have, you know, they had what the dinner with Mazzy Smith and all. It just that feels rich for him to me overall. And I, I just I, I struggle with seeing him as, as the 17th overall pick uh, for the Steelers this year. But uh, uh, I mean, this goes back to what, what we said earlier or what I said earlier in a podcast, man. The re-signing of Larry Ogunjobi, especially to the three year deal, especially to the amount of money that they sign him to. You throw in you know, what they've done with Watson, Fihoko, you look at kind of more of the deeper guy. It, 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 to me, it's starting to feel more like that. If they do take a defensive lineman in this draft, it would be after round two. Yeah, I can buy that. I've kind of kicked around that idea uh, as well. 139 people here in the chat, uh, 15 minutes left with Dave and I. So get your last second questions in, hit that like button if you could, and really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, we'll try to go through these questions a bit quicker to get to as many as we can. David Kapoor says, Dave Depot Cruz, which I think just saying hello. Jason, do you think a trade back will happen? Maybe. It's my answer. Anything's possible. I'm still in the camp of I think a trade up is more likely than a trade down, but everything I think is truly on the table. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, there's a question about uh, I think Mark had about no pre-draft visits from tight ends or off-ball linebackers. Does this make those positions unlikely in the draft? I think tight ends looking less likely day three. I think inside linebacker could be at best, you know, middle rounds, third, fourth round. It's hurting my feelings there. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they seem uh, uh, comfortable with, 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 with potentially Gentry being at number two. Uh, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you there. Uh, I'm, I don't, 
you know, I, I don't have the confidence level that it happened, but I, I am kind of rooting for a schoonmaker or, uh, you know, uh, even a late round guy uh, like uh, uh, the North Dakota State kid that you mentioned there uh, mm-hmm. at some point in this thing. I don't know if I'm going to get it, but it, to me, it, especially if they're going to if they're going to run if any semblance of of some 12 personnel, man, I, you know, and, and the gentry contract, you don't have a lot invested in that. I mean, it feels more like a safety net more than anything else. But you're right. You know, they, they haven't brought in tight. Now, look, they're, you know, as deep as this tight end class is, there's only, uh, you know, a handful of them that, that would, would to me, work, be good fits as, as a number two guy. Yeah, you know? as that inline blocker type. Right. Darnell Washington, the dream. I'm sure I'm sure that comment's probably already in the chat, but it just does not seem likely based on the tea leaves of what Pittsburgh has done, their steps taken throughout this process. I'd pay I'd 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 pay it I'd pay the ticket cost to to see it though. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Uh got a five dollar super chat here from Morgan Bradley who says, Hello, happy birthday and anniversary, Dave and Steelers Depot. Yeah, official anniversary is tomorrow, correct? Is it today? Yep, 15 tomorrow, right? years ago. 15 right. years ago tomorrow, 18th. You know, I'm going to pull up that post. I know the first one was something like, Hello, Hello World. world. <laughs> Hello, World, which yeah. is yeah, <laughs> your, your Jim Nance impression, I think, right? Um, Hello, it, World. <laughs> hey, was, that's just a stock. It's just a stock uh, WordPress post is all that yeah. was. What was the first like I, actual I, post? Oh. Uh, like you wrote. I, yeah, I don't remember. It, it, it's so bad. And it's I'm going to go like find. two lines or something, I yeah. think. I'm gonna go find it though. I think Steelers it was like, might be interested in trading up or some uh, something something silly. It all comes full circle. 15 years ago, having the same conversations yeah. that, that we're having today. The more things yeah. change, the more they stay the same. Got a couple of questions and comments, including this one from Jason about Brian Branch. And I'll, I'll kind of um, edit my statement. If there's one guy, and people I think will disagree with me on this, I would get excited about Brian Branch at 17. Like I know people think he's a late round, you know, or late first round, early second round kind of guy. I'm, I'd be very happy with Brian Branch at 17. Uh, and Jason says, are we overthinking the pick of Branch at 17, losing two very versatile DBs in free agency in Sutton and Edmonds? He may have his positional question marks, but he's a smart, versatile player, a playmaker. I think that's a, a great summation of him. Um, they, they know what Minka has brought, and, and not that Branch is going to be the next Minka, the Ball skills probably aren't quite there, but there were a lot of similarities. And if there's a team that's going to value Brian Branch, to me, I think it would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. And look, if he is the pick too, I, I think the, the moment that selection happens, the chances of them double dipping at the cor- cornerback position go up, I would think, tremendously at that point. Because look at, you know, once again, of the guys that you uh, don't have under contract next year. Yeah, I mean, and nobody, basically, and Patrick Peterson right. is under contract, but if he has a bad year, he ain't making it to 2024. Right, and look, uh, uh, Keller Witherspoon might not even make it to training camp. You know, <laughs> right. Right? There's still the possibility of that, and even if he does and he lasts the whole season, he's only under contract. I mean, Levi Levi Wallace, a Keller Witherspoon, uh, uh, Arthur Millette, James Pierre, uh who else in there? I mean, yeah, that's all, the group, all, the, basically, all, yeah. all those guys, uh, uh, 2023 is their, 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 their last season right now. And, you know, yeah, Patrick Peterson's under contract, but that's, uh, that, that's, uh, let's see what happens, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, situation there. And why not take the, the, the safety slot corner and then, cause this outside corner class is so deep. You're going to find guys at 32, 49, even probably pick 80 where you can get a, an outside guy if you want to, given the depth and, and strength of that class. So, 
I think it makes a lot of sense there. I, I personally be very happy with it. Uh, and, and once again, you know, uh, are, are we, are, I don't know if it's overthinking it, uh, more than just probably needing to probably pay more mind to the, to the possibility of, of branch, you know, maybe being the pick there. But, uh, once again, if, if, if that does happen, I mean, he checks all the box. They're at the pro day. They had, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Grady there. I mean, it's, it's a definite need, uh, when it comes to the, the slot position there. I mean, if it did happen, I want the moment that pick is made. I, I, I would think the high, it, there becomes a very high probability that at some point, you know, uh, obviously before the fifth round that, uh, they would, draft more of an outside corner sure and i think we're open to it i i kind of agree though that it has not been talked about enough probably in like steelers fan circles i don't hear that name that much and i think it should be discussed more especially when we're like struggling to find a guy at 17 there is no slam dunk oh it's Najee harris so it's going to be a quarterback like we're not in that situation this year a couple minutes left here. Uh, Vegas TJG asking, will you do a live show for day two? I'm excited to see what happens with the first pick of day two. That's 32 overall. No live show. because You don't want me to do a live show during the draft, guys, because it's going to be me like, you'll just hear me typing and muttering and like eating snacks. Like that's going to be my whole draft experience. It's not going to be good for you guys. But Dave and I will have podcasts every single day wrapping up draft coverage. And so right. um, we'll be talking to you guys pretty quickly after the picks have come in. All right, let's see what else we have here. Yeah, on the Hendon uh, Hooker comments about people not liking him, that's fine. I don't care if you like Hendon Hooker or not, but if some team does and they want to make a trade, then, then I'm game. And if Hooker becomes a bad player, then that works out even better for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, let's see, Mike Adesco, none of the tackles are blue chip types, not worth trading up. Are they even all that much better than Dan or Chooks? Depends on who you're talking about. But yeah, we'll see you at Pittsburgh, if, how much they like this tackle class. I guess we'll get our answer pretty soon. Uh, let's see, Randy, Dave and Alex, what do you guys do draft night? Why can't you do a live chat like that for at least one, uh, the first round that kind of answers the last question there. Just, uh, busy working, busy typing, working, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You got the post selection interviews you got, I mean, just so much content's being put together at that point and all that, uh, that, that has our main attention. Yeah. Hey, when is Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin talking to the media? Shouldn't that be real soon? I would think it's it's pretty soon, right? Is Probably it always the end, the, the end of this? Uh, is it the end of this week? I was going to ask, do they do it the week of the draft, or do they do it? I thought it was the week before the draft, but maybe I'm wrong on that. And look, I I think uh, pre-draft visitors are coming in later than normal. Yeah, they are. The, I, the deadline is Wednesday, so we'll see if this team does anything else here. Uh, let's see. Captain Spartan wanted to know your uh, know Dave's thoughts on potentially trading with the Raiders at, at 38 for pick 32. They have three fifths, two sixths, and two sevenths. They could be interested to get a guard ahead of the Colts and Rams. Your thoughts there to get your, your fifth or sixth? I mean, pick. look, I'm, I'm not going to rule anything out. I mean, I, I've learned over the years not, you know, not not speak definitively when it comes to that, especially trades. It's so hard to kind of predict that stuff. I think once again, to, and he's talking about someone coming up to 17. Is that what he's talking about? Yeah, he says the Raiders specifically. It, 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 you know, all it takes is one guy that they love, right? Yeah, you know? how about go send Kevin Dotson? They need a guard. Kevin Dotson, you are a Las Vegas Raider mm -hmm. for a fifth-round pick. They got three of those fifths. I do that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, quality Coloss, whose name I probably always say slightly incorrectly, but says best Steelers coverage known to humanity. So thank you for that. The Hubble telescope's looking for better Steelers coverage and has not found it yet, apparently. Uh, 
Aquatic life. Yins really won't let go of those old linemen in this draft. Williams, I get it, but we have a chance to get special players at different positions. So that is the comment from Aquatic Life about not crazy about this offensive line class. I'm not either. You like the you like the interior guys though, right? Some of those guys, no? Yeah, I mean, I I like them. I don't I don't necessarily love them. Okay. You know, I I mean, look, I I you know, you want to talk about some another guy that I, that I'm interested in, probably I guess would be the second kind of guy to add the schoonmaker. There is is Cody Mock. I mean, just really enthralled by by that guy because of his position flexibility and from what he showed during. Uh, during the during the senior bowl week and all that. I mean you can never have too many guys that can play all five positions on the line. Yeah. I mean he's a guy with great compete and intensity and run blocker and kinda hits those marks that Pittsburgh really likes. So I mean, now I, obviously the the level of competition that he played, people will, will say, well, you know, how but he he's his all twenty two tape, but uh, he's got a lot of a lot of pancakes in that in that tape of his. Yeah, um, and he had a good senior bowl week, and you see him play up, and and that's that's pretty big. A, uh, I want to get to a super chat from Reverse Will. I do want to. I, I meant to ask this question. We have a couple minutes left uh, since this is the last time we'll talk, Dave and I, and the whole live stream kind of thing before the draft chat. Let me know if you had to 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 make the pick in terms of who you think Pittsburgh will take a pick seventeen, not who you want, who you think Pittsburgh will actually select. Let's assume they stay at seventeen. Let me know in the chat who you think that that guy will be. Will it be Joey Porter Jr.? Probably going to be the most common response. Deontay Banks, Brian Brzee, whoever, the tackle, Daywan Jones, Darnell Wright, whatever. But let me know in the, in, in the comments who you believe the pick will be at 17. We'll review that before uh, we get out of here. But Reverse World has a $2 super chat, so thank you for that. What's your feel on Will Levis seems primed to drop? Yeah, he could drop a bit. He's probably not. He's probably going to be the fourth quarterback taken. I still think he's off the board before pick 16 or before pick 17. Yeah. The quarterbacks always seem to go, don't they? Yeah. Um, somebody will except, trade up except last year, <laughs> <laughs> except last year for sure. But this year will not be last year. That is the one thing I can't say with confidence. Can't say many things with confidence about uh, any draft class, but quarterbacks will go earlier than Kenny Pickett did last year. Uh, let's see what else we have here before we look at the, uh, the draft predictions. Uh, Trey, is it possible Pitt stays at 17 and takes Nolan Smith and try to transition him to inside linebacker the same way they did to Lawrence Timmons? Yeah. Boy, ta- talented guy off the edge, but you know, uh, uh, you know, another undersized guy that you really kind of wonder if he's going to be able to hang on the edge, you know? Yeah. Um, it's possible. I, nice, I, nice, nice pass, nice sack real nice. I mean, he's got moves. He's got a plan. Just, you know, you, you, you wonder about the size thing, you know, he's probably the Cadillac version of, of Herbig, right? Yeah. I, I think that's probably a good way to look at that. I just think they, they, they brought in their inside linebackers, not that they're long-term fixtures. Landon Roberts is not going to be here, maybe not even next year, but you know, given kind of the lack of interest in that position in this pre-draft process, I don't get the sense inside linebackers very high on the radar early. I think you've seen Aaron Curry stops. They're more Herbig Williams, mid round kind of guys. That seems more likely than the Nolan Smith, but uh, I'm not going to rule anything out. Uh, let's see. Let's visit our uh, our question uh, and answers here in terms of who you guys think will be the pick at 17. Jerry Porter Jr., Brian Brzee, Brian Branch, or Brzee, three on Porter, Darnell Wright, Brzee, Wright, a tackle, says John. Uh, let's see. Zay Flowers, says Ronald Hall, so something different there. Wright. Forbes, that's from Rocky Roxham. 
Uh, let's see. That seems looks like obviously Joey Porter Jr. Uh, the most likely name there, but then probably followed by Brian Brzee and Darnell Wright. I still don't know what to do with Darnell Wright in terms of like, they were at his pro day, but not Tomlin. But Weidel was there and Meyer was there, but no visit that we know of. I don't know how to process all that information. Yeah, I agree. And, he, and he's a little bit kind of a unique build, you know. Yeah, like he's got good size, but he's not the house. He's got good lengths. I like his feet. I think he's a really good system fit in Pat Meyer's system, like heavy hands, first significant contact. But is he a right tack? Like, I have so many questions about Darnell Wright. I don't know how to how to evaluate that. Uh, let's see what else we have in the just moment or two that we have remaining here. Thank you guys for being here. What else do we have? Anything that sticks out? Jay Gilliam, thoughts on Brian Branch. Pick 32 would be pretty good to get him. It'd be excellent. I do, do a cartwheel for, for Brian Branch at 32. Uh, I'd take him at 17 as well. Uh, let's see if we have anything else. Paul says, Keely Ringo and Drew Sanders are perfect fits for us right now. They have the Steelers mentality. I think Ringo at 32, very much in play if corner is not the choice at 17. Uh, what made me come around on Branch? I mean, I've still wrestled a bit on the size and the fit. I don't know if I ever soured on him. Uh, I, I did watch more of his tape, though, so I will I will admit that over the last week or so uh, since we last spoke. Um, but, yeah, just seeing his tape a bit more probably turn me around it's still a little bit on like i see a strong safety but um just kind of not knowing who else to take at 17 get a good player brian branch is a good player look i could see brian branch being being the pick before i could say a lucas van ness you know yeah oh 100 i'm with you there uh cory s any chance of you getting a face cam seems like that's a requirement uh this new age of youtubers yeah i probably should figure out i don't even know how to do that like i'm such a boomer with some of this technology stuff i'm not even sure do i like buy something separate for that and I don't, I don't know how to do those things, but I probably should at some point. Uh, let's see what else. Any other questions here as we hit the 8 o'clock hour? Randy Wagner says, Alex and Dave, Steelers Nation, just always dreaming, and we always appreciate your coverage and show. Thank you, Randy. Uh, let's see. Thoughts on Voorhees as a late-round pick. Let him fully recover. I don't think his stock's going to change too much. I think he's going to, you know, came in as around a fourth-round guy, probably exits the draft as a fourth-round guy. You sure haven't heard much about him uh, after the, after the uh, the injury at the combine and all like that. But uh, and I think we had a post on that. We went back and looked at, looked back historically and all like that. Uh, I mean, obviously there's a chance that he'd be on the shelf all season. And who knows? Maybe you could get him back. I mean, he, he obviously would have to start on 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 pup at, at, at limited. But I mean, for I tell you what, if you're a team that's got a lot of picks and and, and, and doesn't will or deal uh, much during the draft. I mean, if you're sitting there and, and you think that guard pass this year might be an issue for you, why not? I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, he's mentally tough. I mean, I think obviously you haven't heard much just because he hasn't gotten to do much, and so he kind of fades away. But yeah, a name that I don't think should be discounted there, uh, just in, in general for the draft in round number four. Uh, let's see. I think our last one will come from a $5 super chat from Steel Pastor who says, Does Joe Tipman who's the center from Wisconsin, have the anchor for the AFC North? That's a good question. Yeah, I think he does. I don't know if yeah. like Marquise Pouncey's anchor was ever the best part of his game. He was that hyper-athletic guy that, that Tipman is. Tipman is tall, and so that's kind of the concern about leverage and being able to to, to you know keep your pad level down. So that's probably where the anchor question comes in from, but... You know, I don't mean to be super cliche and kind of semi-scout the helmet, but if you're a center in Wisconsin, you make it there. I think you can you can run block pretty well in the NFL. 
your thoughts on on Titman at all? Yeah, in terms of center? I, he's another one that I've I've kind of I've, I probably should have watched more on him. With all the talk about potentially center uh, here, I I kind of from what I have seen, I think he can anchor fine. Yeah. You know? And let's see. Actually, last question comes from JJKK. Daywan Jones or Osiris Torrance at thirty two. You had to choose. Man, I would think maybe they would go Osiris. I just, I, I kind of wonder if they, how, how much they've gotten turned off, turned off on Daywan Jones throughout this process. You know, I, yeah. I really have, and I mean, you, it, it would be a tougher fit to, to, to get Osiris Torrance on the field. You know, uh, especially his rookie season. But if, right. if I'm, if I'm forced to choose between those two of who I think they would take, uh, I. You know, I, I would think oh, Osiris Torrance, but you know, I personally, I, I'm I'm struggling to think that they take either one of those guys right now. Just a really last second thought here. You know, we don't talk about Torrance too much at 17. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but the dude came in for a visit even after they had signed, mm-hmm. you know, say Malu, and he's like a first round guy. So, you know, should we give that more well, consideration? The, yeah, but the thing is, too, you know, you always, when close you get to the draft, you're saying, okay, I want to make sure I get as many of these guys on the pre draft visit list as possible. And then you get past the draft and only, only, two or three of their picks were, sure. were pre draft visitors. But like, you know, but, two or three are going to be the guys. So you got to watch yeah. them all. Yeah, that's true too. Does it seem like it's more of a uh, more more named, uh, you know, more more guys that, or maybe it's just because we've just done this so long, and we 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 go a little bit more in depth now every, every year on that. But it feels like it's just a more healthier overall uh, list, you know, of, of guys. Yeah, let's go back to um as opposed to the Mark Robinsons coming sure. in and uh, you know, you know what I'm getting at. No, I do. Uh I have a I have a thought there. Let me see if I can how do I want to best find this? Uh 2019 Steelers cuz I know we always come up first whenever I I google this stuff. Let's go back to the last like full year of 2019 cuz last year I only knew like half the names and they were mostly quarterbacks. Um let's see who came in in 19 just to rattle off some of these names. Uh, that were non-local, Mike Weber, Damian Harris, Travis Homer, Kareth White, one-time Steeler, Poshta Moreau, Boykin, Isabella, Deontay Johnson came in, Banigou, uh, UG3, David Long. Yeah, these are like, these are definitely more like mid-round guys ultimately. So right. I think my, my thought there to that is because Pittsburgh has so many picks in the second round because they were sitting there at 17, 32, and 49, you're going to look more at these borderline guys and maybe first round guys sense. who could slip in, into the second round just because you have pretty Keep unusual your options. Yeah. Because even like in past years, we only had two picks. You'd be picking like 24 and I don't know, like what would that be? You know, 60 or something like that. And you just don't have, you're not going to get those kind of guys. So we'll see. But, but is it, is it a con thing? Is it a new thing or is it because of the picks? We'll probably have to use next year to, to really gauge that. But I think it's probably just because of the extra draft capital. Okay. So that's uh, that's my thought there. Going back to the chat here really quickly. Um, looks like that's probably about it there. So we'll wrap things up. There'll be an archive version of the live stream uh, a little bit on the site. Reminder: seven o'clock p.m. Eastern time Wednesday, Wednesday night, seven p.m. Eastern time live stream. Walk the mock part two. Probably be not against uh, real life people, but it'll still be fun, and you guys can still yell at me for my picks, and you guys can still be my scouts and tell me who to pick and maybe if you're lucky i'll figure out how to do a poll by then so you better get a good night's rest before for doing that yeah it's gonna gonna be intense that's for sure so 
Appreciate you guys being here. Be sure to subscribe to the channel because we have a lot of draft coverage coming up. And of course, right after the draft, the Monday after the draft, uh, Dave and I will have our next scheduled live stream. And there'll be, I know, plenty to talk about that. So Dave, as always, thank you for your time and a happy birthday one last time to you. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thanks for uh, doing this and moderating it and all like that. Thank you, everybody that shows up. And just over the years, I mean, this... Uh, the, the site is what it is and has lasted as long as it is because of, uh, people coming to it and participating in, in events such as this and listening to the podcast and I obviously reading the site. So can't, uh, thank all of you enough, uh, for that. So, uh, peace and love everyone. All right. We'll wrap things up again. You can find an archive version of this on the site in a little bit. Appreciate you. We got Verizon 5G home internet. It's from Verizon. Safe choice, right? Well, some things that look great end up being not so great. Like the time you bought a shrimp roll from a gas station. Uh, or when you bought that used sports car. <laughs> what about when we got Billy that drum set? The point is, Verizon 5G home internet sounded great. But turned out to be something else. And we deserve fast, reliable internet. We deserve Xfinity. It's time for better internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts.